Hey folks, Mike Rosso here, Film Photography Podcast. Welcome to the year 2023. Episode number 300, January 15th. We've got a great show coming up. In today is Mr. Large Format Friday himself. That's right, Mr. Matt Mirage. And the rest are here. Film, Film photography, photography podcast. podcast. Welcome. 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 Matt's going to be taking the lead with the show, talking about new intrepid cameras, cameras, the La Heritage 8x10, 8x10 large format camera, and the urge, the urge to, go to go large. large. The, urge the urge to go, to go. Ultra, ultra large, large format. format. That's right. That's right. That's right. Great show. We'll be right back. It's a hot new 35mm camera from Canon. It's just a camera. The Canon Fotura. With futuristic flash, automatic one-hand control, and long-range power zoom lens. Fotura. You have to come with us. It's just a camera. Please. The new Fotura from Canon. So advanced, it's simple. Hey, we're back. Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? Large format Matt. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Something new, and I'm excited because it's large format mm-hmm. in all different 4x5, 5x7, 8x10. Yes. What? So uh, what I've got here in the studio is the new Gen or Gen 3 Intrepid 8x10 folding, you know, wooden folding field camera. But Intrepid has just released their, their latest gen of cameras, which includes 4x5, 5x7, and 8x10. Within, I would say, the 4x5 line, the 4x5 is the best it's ever been. Uh, I believe in the 4x5, this is their Gen 5 camera. So they've, they've had several other iterations. The nicest things uh, about these newer Gen cameras, they have... At the 8x10 size, they've shaved off They've shaved off even more weights on the, the 8x10 and the 5x7. The 4x5 is about the same size, but they've added extra bells and whistles, extra features. Uh, John's picking it up right now and it's noticing light. that it's, it's very, very light. It's one of the lightest 8x10s out there. Uh, the 8x10 is 2.6 kilos, which is 6.2 pounds, I believe. So it's really, really lightweight. My, cam- my Tachihara, for example, that one weighs 12 and, 12 and change, 13 pounds. So half the weight of most field cameras. Hmm. Um, there are some obvious like trim downs on this camera. It's lightweight uh, plywood construction for like the the rear, the focusing rack, and the the front standard where the lens goes here in the front. But they've they've added some bells and whistles to the camera. It's still lightweight. Um, I'm really surprised how the bellows feel. They, bellows. They've got like a kind of a rubbery feel to them. Yeah. Can you say that again? I was just say. Oh, uh, the bellows have like this bellows. really nice kind of rubbery feel to them. Um, they are you know light tight, infrared proof, well, all that. We manufacture these or. Uh, I think they. I think they make sure, their own bellows. I'm not sure if they make their own in house or if they <clears throat> source them uh, locally in the UK. So the Intrepid Camera. If you've not heard of these guys, they're. If you haven't heard of these folks, they're based out of the UK. They have been hand making cameras probably since the mid 2010s, and uh, we were one of the first outlets to really cover Intrepid. And I feel kind of responsible. I hyped so many mm. people into the idea of the Intrepid 8x10 because I was just excited to see somebody going for it, making a a lightweight, really inexpensive camera. And Intrepid comes up on a lot of people's lists because they are so, so inexpensive. The, the most inexpensive for a new large format camera. If you need new uh, and you want to maybe dip your toe into large format, uh, Intrepid is a, a really good option that's out there. But know that it is, it's going to have some trade-offs being a lightweight camera. So mm-hmm. let's start with the 4x5. The 4x5 is only a few pounds. And speaking of pounds, it costs... 266.67 in Great British pounds. Uh, so it's about 300 US dollars. One quick question, Matt. Yeah. For folks at home listening, mm-hmm. Matt's talking about a brand new large format camera. Yep. For folks who don't know, these are the cameras that take sheet film. Individual sheets for in, every shot. Yes. And you have a film holder that goes in the back. Holds in the dark. Yep. Two sheets per film holder. Mm-hmm. Sheets. Sheets. And you also ha- you have to furnish or put together your own lens. The thing with large format is it's everything's a la carte. Right. You're never going to buy a, a kit from a manufacturer that comes with a lens, that comes with this. Now, there are used resellers that will do that. They'll package it together. But the rules 
are very different from uh, most other like camera kits. So uh, you have to be picky about the lenses. There's like conversion factors for the look of the lens that goes into it. So there's a lot of steps. This is kind of like, I really want to take my time and slow way the heck down from maybe like something more point and shoot or like a roll right. film camera. More considered. Yeah, but you know, I always compare this to going to the high roller table. You know, we've <laughs> we've we've left the penny slots. Dollar tables are down the hall. We're we're at the we're at the five, ten, twenty dollar tables mm. now. Uh, with every individual shot costing a few bucks. And would you say there are a lot of folks who are looking to step into large format, starting with four by five? Yes, I, and four by five is actually where I recommend. Even though the eight by ten is what's here, um, Intrepid sent me the eight by ten because they know I'm an eight by ten shooter, and it was it was really cool of them to send me this to. Give my opinion. And, you know, I guess the other thing to mention, they didn't pay for me to talk, you know, say good things, bad things, whatever. Um, this is, uh, this was just... Completely hey, unsolicited. Yeah. Hey, try opinion. it out. Yeah. In fact, when they emailed me, they're just like, what's your address? Oh, okay. I thought they were going to send me like a sticker or something. Oh. <laughs> and then I get this giant package. Like, oh, God. And it's like the whole okay. camera. And um, some of the biggest upgrades on these large format cameras, because this is their latest generation, they've shaved off weight on the 8x10. They've added some extra um, what are called detents on here. So when I start moving around um, the camera, there's these little little tracks that it jumps into. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know the camera's like straight up and down. On really old cameras or some really cheap cameras, it can be hard to tell if it's like level or if it's like... Sure. Um, you know, where it is on the tripod. So this can help you find that out. It's got bubble levels on top. The other nice thing about this camera, it's lightweight, it's inexpensive. Everything in large format costs a lot more generally. So for large format, this is the most inexpensive new camera that, that you're going to find out there. And the other big thing that many people are excited about, this is the first of the Intrepid cameras in 8x10 to, come, uh, to have an option for a Fresnel. So the Fresnel is that magnifying lens mm -hmm. that brightens the ground glass. So let's say you're shooting and the sun's coming in from like the side or somewhere else, or you're shooting in the studio, you don't need a dark cloth. Oh! Only if the sun is hitting the glass will you need a cloth to, like a dark cloth, that's to cover be, it up. That's so standard. <laughs> I thought it was okay. um, when I received this camera. The, the the Fresnel was already on here, so I did like a little overview video, and I mentioned the Fresnel, but I didn't really get anything. I got like a small manual with the camera, but I didn't know that the Fresnel was an optional feature. It was already installed on there, so. Uh, I did kind of feel bad. A few folks bought the camera. Like the second I showed the camera, a few people bought it. And they're like, hey, where's the oh, Fresnel? Because so, you didn't know at first. I, I didn't know. And this is UK. UK pounds. Yeah. So you will buy UK pounds and then they will ship it to the States. Yep. And okay. you, I don't think we'll have to deal with like VAT or anything. But if you're in the EU, you're going to have to factor in VAT, the value added tax. Right. So it's great. I'm having fun with it. I took it on vacation with me. So... Oh, the, okay. The last vacation was really weird, Mike. I didn't have my big cam. This is the lightest I've ever traveled. Yes. I had the Intrepid and one small backpack with the holders and like two mm. lenses, and then I brought the 16. As oh, everyone should. It's a it's a very weird combo. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it comes out. I had Lauren because Lauren was like, "Oh, can I play around with the the Airy?" So I like preset everything. I'm like. How about you record me shooting this so I can drop in some small 16 mm. mil clips in like a, a large format Friday. So hopefully that'll show up in, in like the final review of this this camera. But it's fun. If mm -hmm. I'm looking to get into a 4x5, yes. this is the cheapest new 4x5 camera you could buy. New to 4x5, the question I always have is like, oh, what do I do? I don't know what to do for a lens. Does the mm -hmm. website give you recommendations of what type of lens? Or how would you know as a newbie, what lens to use? So what is really cool about their site, and I, I've actually contributed some some like blogs to you know to their site. One thing that's really cool is uh, there's so you go on their site. There's the shop where you can of course buy all the things. That's always first. But then there's how tos for everything. Oh, and there's a how to four by five, how to eight by ten, blog posts from photographers, myself included, some other folks we've had on the show and talked about before, and then frequently asked questions. And they also have uh, YouTube. Instagram, TikTok, all sorts of stuff to help folks get into uh, large format. So pretty good, uh, pretty good resource to start out in. And they they definitely are the only reason they're around is because their initial like Kickstarter was community funded. So they are uh, pretty community driven when it comes to that. Of course, anybody that's doing something 
that is going out of their way to do something different, you're going to have folks that, that hate on it a little bit too. Man, there are many folks, especially in large format, that they, they want the highest end thing. And you can't expect the highest end thing if it's also the most inexpensive. It's like the, you know, the good, cheap, fast little toggle yes, thing. Sure. Yeah, Good, fast, cheap. Yeah. Pick two. Like on the 4x5, if mm-hmm. you ha- own a Wista... Can that lens board just pop off Wista and pop on here? Great question, Mike. So the 4x5 comes in the Linhoff Technica mount, which is what a Wista takes. Okay. So they are pretty universal. So the Intrepid, and again, I always recommend 4x5 because the lenses are cheaper, the film is cheaper, and there's just more stuff out there. All of their mounts are pretty universal. So with the 4x5, it's the Linhoff Technica style boards. In the the 5x7 and the 8x10, it's the Cinar style boards and pretty pretty good but if folks want to learn more about like the 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 individual stuff that's on like the 8x10 i've got a few videos now i've got like a little short one minute deal i've got the like a initial thing where i took it out in the field and then i've got the full size review that's going to be coming out okay good is it common for cameras to have a bubble bubble levels Uh, are bubble levels common on cameras um i think they should be but depending on the age of the camera not necessarily so most cameras in starting in the late 70s and onward, they'll have some option for the bubble levels. I think studio cameras like Cinar started it, and then most modern field cameras will have them. So it's a nice thing to, to have. You don't want to leave this in the sun all day because those bubble levels will dry out. Oh, but, as uh, well as the wood. Where do you put yeah. the film in here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Just spring back right here. Just peels oh. the film holder inserts. Now, uh. <laughs> yeah. I saw you playing with the magnets here. Yeah. Or not magnets. These are little clips. But then if I push this up to go that, well, there's magnets that hold the whole thing on. So it's not a tripod. So it's giving me a, there it is. So it's got all these magnets on it and I can rotate the back to do a horizontal. It snaps. That is amazing. This is the first one that does that. The old one was held on by like these clips and bands and it wasn't too strong. So that's locked. And this is, this is, so this is locked and then this is unlocked when it completes it. How easy does it fold up? Oh my gosh, that's probably the nicest part. Here, let me move my computer. Camera folds up very, very smooth. I think the biggest thing, I, I mentioned this is this is good and cheap, but I, I omitted fast. Because oh, this okay. camera isn't, I mean, large format in general is not very fast. Yeah, right? But because some of these knobs are really compact and 3D printed, some things oh. take a little bit longer. And I think focusing takes a little bit longer on this camera because focusing is driven entirely from this one screw in the back. Oh. And it's very precise. But if you need to do a lot of focus, it takes it takes a minute. It's like anything else. It's like well, once you get used to folding it up and you know yeah. come and go, you'll be fine. Yeah, you will. This thing sets up in literally thirty seconds. Okay. Yeah, and then to focus, it's a little bit more. I've mentioned this a few. Times, it's a little bit more fiddly, but it it does a really good job, and I can't complain, especially with the price. Are you going to have a video on this? Camera? I've already got two videos, and I've got the big it. review coming. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have examples of images you shot? Oh, yes. I've got some of those, and I also have some uh, like full-res ones on okay. my Flickr. Would you call this a starter camera? Perfect starter camera. Oh, yeah. And the 4x5, uh, I keep mentioning the 4x5 because I think their design of the 4x5 is, is very well optimized. That's like their best camera is the 4x5. But this 8x10 is now at a point where I can, I can actually like recommend the 8x10. The mm. first one, I, I like hyped it up without having having seen it and then when it came out it was kind of like it had some issues and they knew it had some issues and that's they quickly came out with a gen 2 and then this is the gen 3 okay so they're they're making upgrades and are is it perfect no it's but it's a 500 dollars 8 by 10 yep most of the lenses that go on these cameras cost more than that now so i think for what it is it's very very nice um i think for folks that are doing specific things like hiking and backpacking this is awesome um, I feel like I need to start adding weight or I'm going to start adding weight here because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not hiking as much. Right. I, I'm not huffing it to, right. to get all my extra gear out there. So it's I can go further, longer days, and I can shoot a little bit more casually with it. So um, when I first met you, Matt, you had an 8x10, the Eastman B in yes. your backpack. Mm-hmm. It was hefty. So to carry this around is nothing. Nothing. And, you know, that Eastman, you mentioned it, I missed that camera. That was that was actually really light for what it was, but it was still a big... Beast. It was a beast. Yeah. So this camera is a lot more compact, a lot lighter, and but it's, you know, it probably also can't handle the same kind of abuse right. 
some of the other cameras do. Yeah, you can't drop it. Ex- exactly. So because this is uh, it's ply with, I think it's got like a small lacquer finish on it. The one thing I also want to do is give this the test of a little bit more of a test of time, so I I don't review something right away mm. because yeah. I don't know. Give me a chance to break it. Give you know? the intro review. <laughs> yes. So I did like a little overview thing. And the full review is still, I'm still assembling that. And I tried to shoot it in a bunch of places. So I took it to the studio. I hung out with Tariq a few times. I hung out with Steven and shot with him. Um, I took it on vacation. I've taken it down to the Hocking Hills. So like I do my, my normal thing, but I've also taken it on a few extra shoots. Um, I still have some testing to do with the, they say it works with infrared film, which when you're working with large format, that's not a given. Some of the bellows on these um, infrared light bellows. can get in and like oh, fog right. your picture. Wow! Intrepid says this works with infrared, but I'm going to test it just to make sure. I've, I don't have color, but I have black and white. I'm, I'm hopeful with, with everything on here. All the shots. I haven't had anything that like no pictures were ruined because of the camera. Right. <laughs> pictures have definitely been ruined because of me, but like the camera's been you know, great. I got to say, it's good to hear. Yeah. To know that even Matt Mirage can oh, I can still very, up I can pictures. easily. And if you're buying this camera and you're on a budget, you could buy some uh, FPP Mummy 8x10 sheets. Mm. Perfect combination. The Mummy. Then all you need is a lens yep. and a holder and a few other accessories, and you're off to the races. Yep. This way yeah. you can just burn through film and not feel like, you know, you... I mean, the color is expensive. It's very... I mean, yeah. a box of portrait, Mike? Yeah. Well, you know. It's, yeah. it's up... Over you're the, 200. You're the cheapest, Oof. and it's still over 200. Yeah. yeah. 10 sheets. Holy smokes. Yeah. You know, we're at the point now... Do you know what the cheapest color 8x10 film is? Nope. Polaroid. Oh. Do you need a special back in order to get Polaroid on this camera? Special everything. You need oh. a special film holder. Okay. You need a processor. Okay. And that is laborious. But good news. There's a video that Leslie and I filmed forever ago. Yes. 11 years ago now. That's on the YouTube, and it takes you all the way through it. Okay. That's how well, long I've been doing this crap, Mike. Yeah. So <laughs> Intrepid, Generation 3, 4x5, 5x7, 8x10, they make bigger? Not yet. Okay. I, I don't think they uh, – the other thing, too, with a camera with this type of construction, as it gets bigger, you can get issues because it's so light and so big. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know anybody, like, personally at Intrepid, so I don't know that it's in the cards. But right. Would it be cool? Sure, but there's also like a lot of options as you go, you go right. that size. Hey, we'll be back. From Ansco, this year's big news in low-priced cameras. Now, every Ansco Cadet camera comes with an unconditional one-year guarantee. If for any reason, even for accidental damage, your Cadet fails to work properly, Ansco will replace it for just a few pennies postage and handling. Ansco quality makes this guarantee possible. And that's why only Ansco dares make this offer. No wonder camera fans are excited about these Ansco Cadet cameras and camera outfits. Truly great values from $5.95 to $15.95. And here's more exciting news. Right now, with this free coupon, you can save 75 cents off dealer price on this Ansco Reflex Cadet outfit. Save 50 cents on the Ansco Cadet and Cadet Flash outfits. Get your free coupon today at your Ansco dealers. Hurry, offer is limited. Ansco Cadet Camera Outfits. If it comes from Ansco, you know it's A+. Hey, we're back. Uh, next up, Matt Marash is going to talk about large format cameras. And, uh, wow, what a year it's been because uh, all this new stuff, Matt. New stuff, Oh, Matt. my goodness. There's so much new stuff. Golly. We have new films. Of course, the, the latest in the monster film line, the, uh, the Frankenstein. The evil of Frankenstein unleashed a monster that oh, terrorized a whole community. Latest in the the large format line, the Mummy, which mm. awesome. The Mummy. People have been waiting for 400 speed, and that was an eight by ten. Love yeah. it. Yes, so great. The new gen Intrepids, which have just been rolling out, those are current. A few weeks ago, I had a chance to meet up with someone that has is just now starting their own boutique brand of large format cameras they're only doing 8x10 and 11x14 so very very oh, niche yeah. mm-hmm. uh, handcrafted hardwood uh, 8x10 cameras and I got to meet with Mr. Rafael Gutz of Fasquel and Co with their brand new camera which launches the L'Heritage 8x10 which you know for us uh, Americans looks like Le Heritage. Is what? that what it translates to? Uh, I think I think he said edition? it was like legacy is what it translates oh. to. But the whole deal is they're hardwood boutique 8x10 cameras. 
Uh, it's it's him and uh, his partner in the French countryside making these beautiful handcrafted cameras. Yeah, so those are the Whoa. those are the cameras. They're beautiful. They have red bellows. Bellows. So when Raphael visited me, he went, he visited me up at 400 West Rich in my darkroom space. <clears throat> And he actually brought two cameras with him. He brought two 8x10s. One was made out of walnuts and had like black finish, actually just like this model right here. He also had another, uh, another camera that was mahogany with brass fittings. So just beautiful hardwood wow. cameras. Um, they are still, uh, at least the, camera that, the cameras that I got to see, these ones right here, they were uh, prototypes for what's going on. So the whole deal is this is... This is two guys in France that have both been into film photography for a while. Raphael first got his start by listening to the FPP. Oh, wow. wow. That's why he reached, reached out to us when he was going to be touring the country. So he's actually coming to doing a North American tour, visiting various who he considers like important opinions in film photography, what they think about these cameras. They're doing, they're doing really good work with the cameras. I gave him some pointers, and really these cameras... Um, we'll That's have, the one with the brass on it. That's nice. Yeah, look we'll at have, that beauty. So it is. It is aluminum. It's anodized to look like brass. So uh, there are some cost savings okay, in there, well. but they're very nice cameras. It's they still weigh less than my Tachihara, which is great. Look at that. It's got a handle too. It's like a little suitcase. Handmade leather handle. Everything is. Everything about it that is that looks boutique is boutique. It's very very nice. Their whole goal is to this first run of cameras. They're going to come out with fifty of them, and pre-orders are going to be starting December of twenty twenty two. And then that first year of production is 2023. So they're not looking to, these guys aren't looking to get rich mm -hmm. on cameras. They're putting all of their effort into gathering opinions from photographers. So he spent time with the Eastman Museum talking to, um, oh my gosh, uh, talking to Mark Osterman at the Eastman Museum. He's their head of workshops there. Uh, mm. Talking to some prominent photographers that are known for working in 8x10, like Alex Soth. Uh, he also met last summer and talked with Sally Mann. She was in France wow. while he was uh, doing some uh, some demo with the camera and got to talk with her about so the camera. So they're getting some really great... Uh, great opinions, opinions about it. And, and it's really suggestions. cool. Suggestions. Exactly. These cameras are very inspired by... American design cameras as well, American and UK design cameras. So the American camera that these take after is the Deerdorf, and the Deerdorf camera is really synonymous with eight x ten. And you can, if I pull up a, a side by side, it's kind of like, oh, they're the same picture. Now the other reason that they're making a camera in eight x ten is because of the the time and effort that it costs. They are making everything by hand. So remember yeah. when you asked me, Mike, about the is Intrepid doing this by hand? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, right. it's, it's inexpensive. These guys hand grind the ground glass. Wow. Oh. They're folding, they're gluing and folding the bellows by hand. Bellows. And all the woodworking is done by it's one guy. Artesian. Exactly. Artisanal cameras. And so you can kind of tell. It's very, very similar stuff. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is when a Deerdorf was new, the equivalent cost of that would be about five, 6000 U.S. today. Mm. These cameras are going to debut at 4,000 euros and go upwards of 4,500 euros. So this is not walking around money. This is like... It's a good investment. Yeah. But the whole idea of the Heritage, or the legacy camera, is... Have the, it your life. This is a camera that's going to last generations. It's hardwood. It is French waxed on the wood. So like everything just like is gliding. It's mm. beautiful. I'm going to have like a small video of the short time that Raphael and, uh, Raphael and I spent together in Columbus. And I, I had a chance to shoot with it a little bit. I shot a portrait of him with, with the other camera. It's great. Like everything feels really nice and smooth on it. But you can tell there, this isn't somebody that is like starting a Kickstarter and trying to make money and then like get out. You know, these are guys that are passionate about this they feel invested in the film photography community and they're trying to show their love for it by making a new uh a new precious tool for people so mm. it's it's neat and i thought oh, you know awesome. hey we need to we need to like pump them up and yes and talk about it yeah for sure and there already are folks that are at like the super high end in this space but i kind of feel like there are there's deerdorf cameras so that that chicago made camera that cost used four thousand dollars so what they're trying to do is say, well, maybe this camera doesn't have the parts and support anymore. These guys are going to support the camera as long as they're around. Right. So that's the other thing with this it's camera. A it's, it's, a it's a lifetime oh. support. Okay. Uh, you need parts. They're going to get you a new part. So 
as these things get better, as they get more experience with the cameras, you're getting a better you know, product along with it, which is pretty cool. All right. Thanks, Matt. Good luck, guys. Old-fashioned holidays must have been wonderful. What a shame that the fun of those days couldn't have been captured in wonderful pictures like this. Well, today, thanks to the magic of flash photography, the high moments of your holiday fun can be preserved in pictures. And because of Sylvania Bantam 8 flash bulbs, you see, tiny little Bantam 8s give you just the right light for your film. Not too little and not too much, but just right for wonderful, lifelike pictures. And you can get 12 of these tiny Bantam 8s in one of these handy black and yellow cartons and still save money. Bantam 8s cost less than the bigger bulbs, and yet they give you the same surefire dependability of all Sylvania Blue Dot flash bulbs. So visit your nearest photo counter very soon and pick up several cartons of Bantam 8s so that you'll be sure to be ready for those picture opportunities and also get several packs as gifts for photo fans. Bantam 8s work equally well with expensive or inexpensive cameras, and they fit any flash attachment that takes a midget bulb. Hey, we're back. Uh, our next segment, Mr. Matt Mirage. Topic is the urge to go ultra-large format. It's real. Tell us about it. You feel like there's only so much you can do, you can see, and you shoot it on 4x5. And, of course, I've been shooting 8x10 with what seems like forever now. But, you know, you get those, oh, what if, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if I had, like, this different perspective, this different little aspect ratio? I, I kind of feel like large format can be explored like medium format. You know, medium format, you can go from square to panorama really easy, right? You have a little adapter, or you can just get a different back for it. It's pretty cool. But in, in large format, it's a, it's a monumental task to get it, like, to go bigger. Uh, so of course your majority of large formats four by five like it's four by five is the thirty five millimeter of large format it's just the most common it's ubiquitous most options it's the most practical and then after that you've got like your five by seven eight by ten which they're kind of in the same boat they don't occupy as much and then you have at all you know everything else mm-hmm. and ULF is like technically anything that isn't one of those three it can be smaller. But generally, it's larger. Anything like 11 by 14, 14 by 17, 16 by 20, mammoth plates. Leslie's always talking about the mammoth stuff, the 22 by 30 and up. Just absurdly large stuff. Mind-boggling. But as you go larger on anything, so this is any format. We get to be talking about motion picture, microfilm, or large format. As you scale, you have to have the optics that scale and then of course you have to have the film that scales but with large format you know you have to have it's a whole production you need the camera you need the lenses you need the holders holders can be weird ultra large format is difficult because a lot of this stuff predates standards so in in the world of large format there are uh, we have different like standards that things conform to We, we now know these standards with our film speeds our ISOs before that we had DIN which was like the German standard well within those we also had standards for how the different holders went into the camera because there was there was people just making their own cameras yes. prior to the early 1900s. It was really like Kodak that kind of like got people standardizing things. Before we had ISO, international standard, we had ANSI, which was American standards, and then we had DIN, which was the German standard, or Deutsche International. Now it's just ISO. You go to ultra-large format, toss it all out the window. There's very few standards. Only two standards in ULF. Keith Canham's 14 by 17 camera might be different from Chamonix's 14 by 17 camera. So they don't have to make the same stuff. So now you, you get the urge to buy a big camera. Oh crap, now you gotta make sure the holder you buy for it is either comes, so it either has to come with all the stuff, kind of like the motion picture kits, right? You wanna make sure it has the right magazine and stuff. Yep. It's, same, it's the same boat. A lot of people think it's this Oh, it's just easy. I buy the thing. No, it's you're assembling everything from scratch. So every time I have the urge, I have to like tell myself, "Oh, I'm, I'm really starting from scratch." You're saying that large format, ultra large format, from company to company, the film holders are not standardized. Yes, you that could have, sucks. You could have different spacing, different fits on things, yeah, and it happens a lot. And it does happen still in eight by ten because it kind of related to Leslie's segment on um, on working in Egypt, plate holders were very common. Well, plates have a different thickness from film. Yes. There were these things called a film sheath, 
which would mm-hmm. adapt a plate holder to film, but you can't just take a plate holder, pop in some film, it's going to be out of focus. You don't have right spacing. There's all these little complex things, but the biggest one that is kind of obvious is, oh, shoot, I need a lens that projects a large enough image circle mm-hmm. onto my onto my film. And that's something we just like never deal with in smaller formats because that's like the manufacturers take care of that for us. But fortunately, I've been thinking, I've had this urge for like 12 years. So I've been building up the kit. I've been amassing. Have you satisfied this urge? I have. Okay. Finally. <laughs> I know. I was building up toward it. Like Yes. I have my dream camera now, Mike. Your dream camera. So, all right, let's let's take the time machine back. It's 20, 2010, the Photo Plus Expo. <gasps> you and Dwayne meeting at the Kodak booth, talking to Scott at the Kodak booth. Yes. This was, this was the pre-Tim Tim days. Scott was there with Mr. Keith Canham. That's right. With that absurd camera. He had a 12 by 20 camera. I've got one now. Oh. 12 by 20. Yeah. Was it the camera that was... was the exact one. Oh, okay. No. But it's it's eight. I mean, he very, made very few of those, but yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and is, is, is it in your possession yet? It is. I've even... Uh, I've got some film. I've got some holders, matching holders, some lenses that cover it. But I'm still scared of it. Where do you get the film? So you can get it a couple places. Ilford, you can do the ULF special order, which I always talk about here on the show. Once a year? Once a year. What show? Usually the window is May, uh, late April to late May. You can take orders through international dealers as well as uh, like your Midwest Photo, your Roberts. Most... Most mom and pop shops that deal in Ilford will take your orders for that. There's very low minimum orders for it. And then from time to time, Keith Canham will also have the Kodak special orders. Now, that would be for your ectochromes and your portraits, so really, really pricey stuff. There's also Adox. They will custom make ULF film, and that is to order, but it's a longer turnaround. So you could be waiting, you know, a fiscal quarter for your film to come in from photoimpex.de. Uh, wow. So, yeah, well, Leslie. Got it choose a camera gotta choose a lens gotta have a right lens board yep gotta you also have to have a source for developing these who's gonna do this who is gonna do this that's a I darn mean, good question time to wake this show up you can't just roll up that piece of film and send it out to the dark room i know i tried <laughs> <laughs> so how do you so you, there are some places which will suit black and white there's a lot of places that will accommodate black and white upwards of eight by ten doing some sort of hand processing but you're really looking for someone that uses rotary development rotary development is your friend your jobos or your manual uh your manual hand roller type tanks so it, it can be another uphill battle so this is definitely not someone that is they're just going into to four by five it, it's you're going to ha- want to have some experience in the large format process before diving right in. Plates, that's different because you can you kind of see that, touch that, and the process doesn't really change, but the cost goes up considerably. I never thought about companies like Bessler and Unicolor in the mm-hmm. past when making home color prints was a bigger thing than it yeah. is now offered rotary tubes and bases the bases are great for that and yeah the rotary tubes if they're the right design some of them have spacers or design uh, or those weird ribs in, the middle, in there yeah ribs in the middle they made those up to 16 by 20 they did you can do those for single sheets at a time you know me leslie i can't just do one at a time oh no 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 it's a lazy potato chip right not stopping there just one <laughs> Lay's Classic. Always fresh. Bet you can't eat just one. <laughs> it's a Lay's potato chip. Right? Not stopping there. Exactly. That's why I got three film holes. I got six shots with me. I'm, I'm doing tray. I'm slinging trays for now because I am, I'm a tray veteran, but uh, Jobo is very much in the future. So okay. Jobo specializes. They have their professionals. So Jobo has, mo- I didn't know this until I started looking at all this ULF stuff. Jobo has multiple different machines. They have the the standard, just the the heaters, yes. the things that heat up your chemicals. They have the CPEs, which are more print based ones. That's their uh, ones for doing the at home prints. They take the smaller style drums, and then they have their Pro series, which would be like the CPP and the CPA drums. Those ones are like your three thousand series drums. Those are the big big boys. Those ones can take. Uh, they've got one that can do five sheets of eight by ten at a time, at a time, and then they have the like the 
3,050, 3,060 units, which can do up to 20 by 24, which is just, and, like, wow. and two sheets. That's awesome. Sheets. So, yeah. so. It's, it adds okay. up. Mike. If I were to buy the Jobo company, I would change it to Joby, and then the logo would be his floating head. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but then you have to pay royalties. It's true. You have to buy him out. Right. And oh, then good buy- point. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not selling out. Um, um, uh, um, 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 and, um, um, He'd be like, he oh, he'd be like, I'll Everybody sell. <laughs> he'd be like, I, I sell, I but I have to buy these goats with it. <laughs> <laughs> and take the kids one month a year. That's a that's year. a slang term, goat, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, oh. goated. What does it mean? With the sauce, uh, greatest of all time. I'm hip. I'm with it. You got I'm it. Not. No, I'm not. Please right. continue. No, I mean it's it's a fun. I, I like going to that because it's. Uh, it's different. It's a way of making everything you do significantly harder within large format. It's pretty much black and white only. I say pretty much because Keith Canham does fire a few ultra-large format Portra and Ektachrome orders per year, which is insane to think of. So you're DIYing it. You're assembling a lot of the stuff yourself. But if you love big contact prints, there's there's nothing else like it. It's, it's sweet. I just drew a little picture of you. This is going to be you going to an event. That's you. That's you slinging the camera. That's great. I love it. It's like big man on campus. Yeah. And and BMOC. I don't even know if I would sling the camera like that because it is, it's, it's not even that it's heavy. It's just, it's so much mass, like just spread out. Oh yeah. How many, um, uh, eight by 10 sheets did you take with you to Joshua? Oh, so I took six holders and I took 45 sheets of film. I took a box of black and white. So 25 sheets of Delta. And then I took 20 sheets of Portra 160. But I shot all my Portra. I didn't. I barely shot any Delta. Because uh, you know, when you get there, you're like, ah, I'm here. I took the trip. The The Portra was basically bonus film. I was looking at the bottom what of my it? freezer. Oh. This like, is oh, at the shit. Joshua Tree? Yeah. Did you have a little point-and-shoot 35 in your pocket? Uh, his no. His point-and-shoot was his house. I brought, my, yeah, I, brought my, <laughs> I brought my Fudgy, my Fuji. And then I think I, I would grab, like, there was so many Leicas, Mike. If I wanted to shoot there, i just, like, borrow somebody's Leica. Right. I did shoot a little bit of X-Pan. Uh, this, uh, this very nice gentleman, uh, Mr. Casey Cavanaugh. Yes. Mike, Casey, Casey. You, you would actually really like Casey's YouTube channel because oh. he's, he does a lot of theming. So it's, his YouTube channel is GX Ace. So he's like digital, but he goes with a very like um, – he has a very futuristic technology vibe. And his edits are very – like his color and his edits look very clean. What is his uh, uh, YouTube channel? GX Ace. Ace as an A. A-C-E, yeah. And he's Casey Cavanaugh. G-C- Ace. And he was uh, in the uh, Joshua Tree? Yeah, yeah, we were hanging out. He was in the tree? Yes. Oh, so but, is, his, is his... Oh, here we go. It's like futuristic. The Fuji 16mm yes. F1.4. Yeah, yeah, just check it. So it's like, it is like modern tech stuff, but he always... Ha- like, everything has that, that same kind of cinematic tech look. I think you'd dig it. I'm going to check it out. Can yeah, it? and he's in Michigan, so he's actually not too far from me. And it's a good watch? Yeah, he's, he's entertaining, yeah. So that's it. You took the plunge. I finally did it. I mean, so I, I was, I, I told myself the 8x20 would be fine. I bought this old beat-up 8x20, and I, I hacked it together on my CNR, and it, it just, it wasn't, it was not satisfying the urge. Have you uh, developed any sheets yet? I have done some test shots, and I'm blown away. Oh. It's... How are you scanning this stuff? Oh, there are two kind of options you can do for ULF film, but this is a great question. Most ULF film, um, there are few flatbed scanners that will do it. There is one that I am uh, I'm considering, uh, but it's it's there are specialty flatbeds that go larger. So Epson made some. They call it, they're called the GT or the or the XL, the Fine Art series flatbed scanners. Those go up to eleven by seventeen. So if you're eleven by fourteen, that's fine. And those are nice because they're USB scanners. You don't have to worry about old stuff. But all the the bigger ones, you have two options. You have even larger flatbeds, which use SCSI ports. Womp womp. So you really got to do adapters or you have to buy like an old Mac with it. Or even worse, you got to go drum. That's your big boy. How much? Drum scanners? Yeah. 
Uh, you can get shitty ones for like three grand. What about the big, the eleven by fourteen? Oh, the good ones. Sk- no, I'm, uh, the, oh, the flatbed. The flatbed. There's a there's a specialty flatbed that has a thirteen point two by twenty point one inch surface called the Screen <sighs> so, Saison. You can get sixty five hundred DPI. Wow. Now, what about contact printing? Mm. That's what I got it for. Is because I do all the alternative process and silver contact prints. I'm already doing that. Okay, you have the setup to do contact prints. Yes, okay. it's great. I actually got a big uh, 20 by 24 contact printer from Adorama. They were okay. blowing it out. So. And what, what's the size of your negative? 12 by 20. 12 by 20. So I can take 20 by 24 and strip it in half. I've got a little rota trim at home for like Jeez. paper. Or I buy the Hanamula uh, watercolor paper by the roll, and I've got my little deckled edge ruler, and then I can just tear it off. So every, uh, I have four deckled edges on it. Is there an option for like direct contact paper? There are contact printing process papers. <laughs> Uh, so contact speed papers. Uh, there used to be a wonderful paper emulsion that I, I really miss called Kodak Azo. Oh yeah, that was um, that was the replaced Velox, didn't it? Or uh, RC? RC. It's not. It's not RC. It's like a like a heavier. It's heavier weight, but it's not. It is fiber, but that is a silver chloride based printing oh, paper. Okay. So that needs a lot more light. Right. It's almost like alt process mm. and a really smooth, continuous tone. There was a company called uh, Lodima Press who made a version of that same type paper, but it's very, very expensive. We're talking silver paper that costs like and, 20 bucks per. And your own setup for R, was it R, R, A4. R, A4, which is color. This is, and that's, that was another part of my plan. Do you have the paper that you can cut that fit your camera? How many years ago was it, Mike, when I contacted you about doing that R, A4? It's gotta be five years. Four years? Three years. Okay. When I ordered that paper, I was like, oh, so Steven has a 16 by 20 camera. I'm going to be shooting 12 by 20 soon. Soon. So, that's why I got the 20 inch roll. So oh, okay. I've got the rotor trim. I have a little jig for it and I can just strip down. So the other cool thing is instead of paying what? Almost a hundred dollars per shot of color. RA four. Yep. It's a couple bucks and I already have the process down. So it's great. Now, are you planning any type of event? I'm going to say event. I don't mean like a public event, but an event where you're going to do an RA four day where like you know what I'm saying maybe you and Steven like is there any Oh you know? we, we did some Christmas portraits last year so okay. we we are going to be planning another one um he we had one that kind of fell through just cuz like organizing with the gallery but with with his brownie we were doing like 16 by 20s with that which was cool Wait, yeah we were doing 16 by Oh so he has a uh so Steven Takis he has a giant brownie camera it's a 17 times scale uh, to walk into it yeah you walk into a camera it's just a, it's a frame oh okay but it's a camera obscura but it looks like it's got the brownie Sorry. logo and everything That's on it nuts and we were doing 16 by 20 uh oh. RA4 portraits on it holy so, shit yeah but that's the whole thing mike i can do giant color portraits in camera nice and sharp the contact prints it's just a it's it's a whole thing it's fun matt this is exciting and we're going to revisit this very soon awesome and now we're, you know I know it's boring. In Sorry. the future, we're going to see no, not at all. In the future, we're going to see results. And yes, I'll have to bring. I, yeah, I'll have to bring. It. Once prove I'm more it. comfortable, I'm going to bring the setup. You can reach us podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Of course, we're on the uh, on the Instagram, on the Flickr, Flickr, <laughs> Flickr, go Flickr. On the YouTube, Matt Marash is on the Flickr. I'm sorry. Still. You are on Flickr, yes. Still. Matt Marash is on the YouTube with a f- uh, large format Friday. LFF, yeah. And what's the show called? Film Photography Podcast. And where are we? You're getting fired. We're in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, bye. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Nice. Um, 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 uh, um, 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 and, um, 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 and, um, 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 um,
it's heavy and um 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 and um um it's heavy and um 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 and um um it's heavy and um 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 and um um it's heavy and um 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 and um 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 and um 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 and um 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 and um um Swan! 
I'll see you again in 2025 years. What year is this? What the hell?